This is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the founder of MaxList. It's a job board in the Pacific Northwest that helps you find a fulfilling career. Every Wednesday, I talk to a different expert about the tools you need to get the work you want. Find Your Dream Job is brought to you by Top Resume. Top Resume has helped more than 400,000 professionals land more interviews and get hired faster. Get a free review of your resume today. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. You're ready to switch employers. So you apply for jobs that sound interesting or jobs like what you have now. You'll decide later what you really want. That's a big mistake, says today's guest. Ebony Joyce is here to talk about why you need to stop applying for jobs you don't want. She's a job search strategist, a speaker, and a diversity and inclusion consultant at Next Level Career Services. Ebony joins us from Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, let's jump right into it, Ebony. Why would someone apply for a job they don't really want? I find that um, job seekers are applying for jobs that they do not want because they're really, they don't know what it is that they actually want. Um, So what they do is they apply for jobs that are lateral moves, right? So they're not looking for those jobs that are actually challenging them. They're going to job descriptions and they're looking to check off, you know, 80 to 100% of the task that the job description says. So there isn't that challenge there. Um, so that's typically what I see um, when when candidates or job seekers come to me and, and they're frustrated in that job search process is that they're applying for jobs that they don't want, but they don't know what it is that they do want to do next. It sounds like they're doing that because it's an easy next step. Just keep doing what you're doing, but in a, a different setting. Is, is that what's going on? Yeah. So they really just haven't taken the time to really identify what that next step looks like. Um, so that's part of it. Right. And then the other part is out of fear. Right. That challenge and and trying to avoid frustration within the job searching process is easier to apply for jobs that I know I can do versus stepping outside of what I would normally do and give myself some more, you know, give myself that opportunity is easier to apply for jobs that I know I can do, but I don't necessarily want, right? So inertia is a factor here. It's easy to keep doing what you're doing. And then there's fear. And it sounds like lack of clarity. I mean, just getting clear about either a new set of goals or, or, uh, and the risk involved is Absolutely. It ties all back to clarity and really taking that opportunity to um, step back. And a lot of people like to speed up in the job search process. Um, Instead, you need to slow down first before you speed up. So slow down and really take a look back and do those self-assessments about what it is you really want to do next and not what's easy And a lot of people are doing what's easy and not necessarily what's going to be um, that challenge. They're looking for, you know, something that they think or believe that they can already do. It is remarkable how easy it is today because of job boards and automated processes to apply for jobs. It used to take a lot of effort. But if all you want to do is file 
applications, that's a pretty easy thing to do. Oh, absolutely. A lot of times what you do is you go to job boards and you're just, you're looking at job descriptions and you're checking off those boxes and say, oh, I, I a hundred percent qualify. I can do everything that this job has, has listed here. And that's great. But you find yourself bored in that role, right? It's like, yeah, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Well, let's, let's talk. I want to do talk about what you should do instead. But before that, let's talk about what happens when you apply for jobs you don't really want and, and uh, you do get them. How does that affect your salary when you make a what you described earlier? So when you apply money? for jobs you don't want, you get salaries that you don't want either. <laughs> um, so they go hand in hand, right? Because really there isn't that, um, you, you really haven't um, articulated your value in a way that really is going to set you apart in that next salary bracket. So what you've done is just, you're just moving positions, you're just moving companies, but you're not necessarily moving up when it comes to that salary because you really haven't um, really been able to articulate your value in a way that um, will set you up for that next salary bracket. So you're really just making a lateral move and that lateral moves comes with lateral salaries. And how does that affect your lifetime earnings over the course of your career if you're just making lateral or incremental Studies changes? have shown that when you are just taking lateral moves, that you really are doing yourself a disservice. And it really can cost you, you know, upwards to a million dollars throughout your, your course of your career. And how does that happen? It's because you're not getting the raises, Ebony, and, and, and continuing to it's move It's really because you're continuously applying for jobs, you're you're not giving yourself the opportunity to really grow in that position, right? So if you are a, um, a specialist, you're constantly applying for specialist roles or a generalist role. Um, you're not applying for those manager roles or those director level positions. Um, you're staying, or if you are in that director level position, right? You're not looking for that VP position. You're not looking to move up the ladder. You're just still applying for manager managerial positions um, that really aren't allowing you that bandwidth when it comes to those salaries. And so a lot of times what people do is when they go onto job boards, they're looking at positions that are the same job titles. And so that job title is a thing, again, that if you're already you know in a salary bracket, um, that same job title is going to get you somewhere very similar to what you're already making. What about your professional reputation, Ebony? When you either apply for jobs you don't want or take a job you don't want. What what happens to your reputation in in what your you own start industry? to do is um, you can create a name for yourself, right? Um, but what your what your uh, brand starts to say is that you know you start to job hop in those positions and you start to have really short stints. Um, within those companies, right? And so when you go into um, those interviews, they're going to start asking you those questions and wanting to know, you know, why there are these gaps in your sal- uh, in your resume or, you know, why you've only stayed with this company for, you know, three, six or, or you know, nine months. Um, and that's essentially because you've taken a role that um, you did not want um, and, and we just don't know what you don't know. And so you get there, you realize that while the company name may be different and the people are, are different, you've really just landed yourself right back into the same position. One thing that happens when people are unclear about what they want to do next and and they're applying for jobs they don't really want uh, is they may consider 
graduate education or other forms of uh, education. What are your thoughts about that? Is is that a good avenue? I instead? recommend that um, you know a, a an advanced degree or a certification is necessary. I think that most people. Um, can leverage the education, the experience, um, and the expertise that they already have to land that next level position that they uh, are looking for. Um, The problem is that people just haven't taken the time to identify that. But in most cases, you know, getting that advanced degree um, is not going to necessarily land you the next role because what employers want to know is that outside of the degree that you can really articulate your value and what are you going to bring to the organization. And degrees don't necessarily mean that you're bringing anything new or that you're going to save us money, (laughs) increase our revenue. That does not mean that. And I think that what a lot of times when people go back to school and they, you know, get degrees and certifications and all these things that they're really trying to compensate for something else and say, oh, I have, you know, whether it's X years of experience or even if it's, you know, the degree, that's not what employers are looking for. They're looking for you to come in and be able to solve our problem. And degrees don't do that. Well, I want to take a break. This is a great conversation. And when we come back, I want to talk, Ebony, about what you should do instead of taking jobs you don't want. So stay with us. Uh, when we return, Ebony Joyce will continue to share her advice about why you need to stop applying for jobs you don't want and what to do instead. Inertia can lead you to apply for jobs you don't want. It can also leave you with an out-of-date resume. Find out how to update your resume. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. A top resume expert will look at your resume for free. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. Find out how to bring your resume up to date. And if you don't want to fix it yourself, you can hire top resume to do it for you. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. Now let's get back to the show. We're back in the MaxList studio. I'm talking with Ebony Joyce. She's a job search strategist, a speaker, and a diversity and inclusion consultant at Next Level Career Services. Ebony joins us from Indianapolis, Indiana. Now, Ebony, before the break, we're talking about why you need to stop applying for jobs you don't want. Uh, I love the reasons that you shared and why people do this. And uh, let's talk about what you can do instead. I know one of the first steps you recommend is to identify what you're good at and not good at. Why is this important, Ebony? I think the first thing that we have to do is we have to take an assessment, right? We have to, you know, this is what we talk about slowing down. We have to slow down before we can speed up. So the first thing we need to do is really just, you know, take that inventory. You know, what is what is it about your current role that you actually like doing? Um, what is it about your current role that you, you don't like? Because what we want to do is we want to do more of the things that we want to do or we like doing. And we want to be able to mitigate, you know, the things that we don't like doing as much. And so, but again, if you're going into roles that you already have and you're applying for roles that you necessarily don't want, then you can find yourself doing more of the same thing. And you're never really 
getting to that point where you're doing more of what you like and less of what you don't like. And we're not looking for, you know, 100%, like no job is going to allow you to do 100% of the things that you necessarily want to do, but we do want to do less of what we don't like. Right. And so I see people applying for positions that say, oh, they're, you know, spending a majority of their time doing presentations. And it's like, you don't like to present. You don't like public speaking. So why are you still looking for jobs that require you for you to do that? And so again, taking those assessments and saying, hey, I want to do less of this and more of that. In your work with your clients, what have you found to be most effective in, in helping the people you serve figure out what they're best at and, and what they just want to avoid? The first thing that we do is we have this, I do this day in a life and I, I tell people to walk, let's walk through, you know, really what you want your day in a life to, to look like. What do you want that to feel like? You know, like you really have to, what I say is identify. You really want to understand what is the impact that you want to have? You know, what does that look like? What type of development, whether it be personal or professional, do you want in your career? You know, um, I tell people all the time that the environment matters. And so you want to be able to to assess that environment, especially right now where a lot of individuals are getting ready to go back to work here um, in the next few months. Is that an environment that you really want to go back into? Um, you know, I, I believe in a one of my values is autonomy and, and control. So I always tell people we want to talk about, especially when we're in that mid to senior level positions, you know, what type of autonomy do you work best in? And then the 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 other part is leadership. You know, what type of leadership do you want to, what type of leader do you want to be? And what type of leader do you work best with? So there are some things that we necessarily, we really need to identify when we're talking about, you know, what do I want versus what I don't want in that next role. How do you help your clients get clear about what they don't want? Yeah, we go through that assessment and we look at like, what are you currently doing today? What is it about what you're doing today um, that you don't like? And we really just do an inventory. It's just like going through, you know, your your cabinet, I like to call it, and taking out all those things that you don't necessarily like to do. They're, some of those things may be expired. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I wasn't, I was fine doing this, you know, at a certain point in my career. And now that I'm looking to level up, I want to do more of this. Maybe you want to lead more um, and you want to find that opportunity that really does allow you to do those things and allow you to really bring value to the organization. Because when you apply for jobs you don't want, you're doing yourself a disservice, but you're also doing the company a disservice by not really reaching your full potential. You mentioned a moment ago uh, the importance of values. And uh, I know that one of the steps you recommend to your clients to avoid applying for jobs you don't want is to get clear about your values. Tell us more about that. What do you mean and why is it important? So I think that a lot of times, especially now, I think in the climate that we're in, more now than ever before, people are really starting to understand and appreciate, you know, what it is that they truly value. Um, and a lot of times, for example, right, a lot of people value time more than anything. So again, when we talk about going back into the office and having an hour commute, people value their time. So, you know, if time is a value to you, you know, applying for a job that requires for you to commute an hour to two hours every day is something that you may not want 
you know, a company that you may not want to work for. You know, if diversity is a value of yours and you want to work for a company that really values diversity, then again, we want to go beyond what the website says and what their mission and their vision says. But we really want to do a deep dive into the culture of the, the company and really make sure that when they say that they, you know, that value, that diversity is a value of theirs, that it's just not, you know, a logo or written on the wall that they really really, truly believe that. So, you know, there are certain things that we really go through. Again, we go through an inventory list of like, you know, what is important to you? What do you value? Um, and really make sure that that next role that you're looking for, you really identify what your values are and you've identified companies that align with what you have identified. And we have to get clear into that alignment because when you um, apply for positions or you land roles that are outside of what you are aligned for and with, then you find yourself back in the job market sooner rather than later. You mentioned time and commuting. Um, what are other examples of values that are commonly important to the clients you work with? Family is very important uh, when, you know, again, it goes back to time. You know, if you say that family is very important and your job is requiring you to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week, you know, you're not really, again, you're out of alignment with, you know, those values. Um We try to, you know, again, you know, some people may say that money is a value and we don't want to focus on, you know, money being a value because if you focus on the other things, the money will come. Um, But you do want to make sure that you that the company does value you as an employee and that your salary does match that value that you bring to the organization. So we don't want to remiss that, but we also want to make sure that, you know, we're not listing money as, you know, our top value because we know that that will come um, later when we make sure that we're identifying the right companies and their values. I know another way you help your clients avoid applying for jobs they don't want is to do research. In fact, lots and lots of research. What kind of homework do you uh, recommend to your clients so they can get clear about what they want and, and stop applying for things they don't want. Absolutely. So I take my clients through a three I approach. And the first I is identify. Um, the second I, which is what, what you're talking about, and that is to investigate. And like a lot of people, um, before they come to me, what I've seen them do is they go to websites and they look at the, the company and they'll Google a few things. But a lot of times what I don't see a lot of individuals doing is really having those conversations with people who are either in the organization or who were previously employed with the organization. And so what a lot of people do, um, again, we have a three-I approach, identify, investigate, and implement. What a lot of people do is they skip the, the investigation part and they go from identifying a role to implementing. And what I mean by implement is identifying and then they're applying, right? And so they're not doing that investigating. And when you miss out on investigating, you end up with companies that you're like, I didn't notice about them and this does not align with who I am and I need to start the job search again. So we really want to make sure that we are having you know conversations with individuals, again, who have been in the position, whether they are in that position before, um, maybe they're no longer there, but they they were in that position previously because you really want to understand more about the position than what you read in the job description because the job description is really just like surface level. And we want to make sure that we do a deep dive and really get intimate about what the job expectations are and just having those conversations because, again, you don't know what you don't know. 
And so having those conversations with those people really is going to help you identify um, and really get confident in that you're making the right decision before you even apply. So you've done the first two steps. You've identified the position you want. And now you're in investigation, your second eye, and you want to reach out to those people, but you don't know anyone inside the companies that interest you. What's your best advice for how to connect with somebody who might just be a name on a LinkedIn profile or uh, in an alumni directory or on a website staffing list? So that's what we want to do. We want to find out. I mean, this is where LinkedIn um, has can be very helpful. Uh, we want to do that research, right? Like we may have people in our network who work for some of those companies, but again, we don't know. So we need to first go back a little bit. We need to identify a list of those companies that we're interested in, right? Now, once we've identified that, again, we want to check with our alumni associations, um, professional organizations that you may um, be involved in, um, your your current network. I mean, a lot of people miss out on their current network and say, well, I don't, either they don't want people to know that they're job searching or they're just so general in their messaging um, with their network um, that they miss out on opportunities because um, maybe you you don't know them just like on LinkedIn, right? Maybe they're a second or third connection, um, but we don't know that because we miss out on the opportunities to really tell people that we're looking. Um, and I think that there is a way in the messaging, even on LinkedIn, that we can really start to um, use LinkedIn in a way that we're not you know, spamming people's inboxes um, with messaging, but there is a way to really um, communicate and connect with those individuals um, and and start to have um, intentful conversations with people um, who may, again, may be in the role, maybe it was previously in the role, maybe they work for the organization, um, but you want to have those conversations with those people and really get to know um, what I call, you know, informational interviews. And so you're not going in, you know, looking for a referral or a reference or anything of that nature. You're really just getting to know more about them um, and having those uh, intentful conversations. Well, terrific. It's been a great conversation, Ebony. Now, tell us what's next for you. By the time this airs, um, the doors to um, Career Clarity Accelerator will be open. It is a 12-week program for mid- to senior-level corporate professionals who are looking to land their next role. They don't want just any role. They want the next right role in a short period of time. And so the doors for that will be opening very soon. I know listeners can learn more about that program as well as your other services by visiting your website. That's nextlevelcareer.co. And I know you also invite listeners to connect with you on LinkedIn. And as always, I hope they'll mention that they uh, heard you on the show. Now, Ebony, given all the great advice you've shared today, what's the one thing you want a listener to remember about why you need to stop applying for jobs you don't want and what to do instead? The one thing I want people to just remember is that while applying for jobs that you may not necessarily want, you can end up with salaries that you may not necessarily want. And while it may be something that you're really looking to move fast and jump into that next role, is to first take a step back, do that assessment, and identify the correct next step. Make sure you never miss an episode of Find Your Dream Job. Subscribe to our free podcast newsletter. You'll get information about our guests and transcripts of every show. Go to maxlist.org slash newsletters. Again, that's maxlist.org slash newsletters. Next week, 
Our guest will be Andrea Koppel. She's the founder and CEO of the College to Career Academy and the host of the Time for Coffee podcast. Your job search gets easier and shorter when you know what work most excites you and why. Join us next Wednesday when Andrea Koppel and I talk about how to find your passion and purpose in life. Until next time, thanks for letting us help you find your dream job. This show is produced by Max List. Susan Thornton-Hobb schedules our guests and writes our newsletter. Lisa Kislin-Barry Anderson manages our social media. Our sound engineer is Jenny Ren Stotrup. Ryan Morrison at Podfly Productions edits the show. Dawn Mole creates our transcripts. And our music is by Freddie Trujillo. This is Mac Pritchard. See you next week.